The car rested on the tracks at the level crossing. She felt a kinetic thrum through her seat, filling her muscles with tension. He sat very still beside her, his forehead resting on the leather of the steering wheel. Horns blared around them with monotonous regularity, ineffectual, meaningless warnings. Reverse, she said. Now? Can't, he replied tersely. Trapped. She shook her head in frustration. At this point there was only a tingle of fear. How had they come to this in less than three minutes? The lights had flicked to red as they approached the level crossing. Three car lengths away, perhaps less. She had told him to slow down, stop driving so fast. They had no chance of making the crossing in time. He had not replied. The day was hot, far too hot, and her husband's face was glowing florid, burning with that unhinged determination common to all men who feel their manliness challenged. Reclaiming that masculinity would require some great, pointless risk. Muttering under his breath, the rhythmic chuntering, she realised now so similar to the click-clacking of a train over tracks, he had increased the pressure of his foot on the accelerator, and the small neon green vehicle burst forward. She had not been able to stop herself ducking as the first barrier swooped down narrowly avoiding scraping their car. She could see her husband's lips drawing back from his teeth. He would make the crossing. He had to make the crossing. The barrier on the other side of the tracks rapidly descended, and a vision bloomed in her mind, the metal grill smashing through the windscreen like a diver's arrowed hands breaking the water, slicing her in two. She had let out a small shriek, which seemed to shock her husband back to his senses. He thrust his foot down on the brake pedal, his knuckles on the steering wheel turning red, then white. The car jerked to a halt, inches from the shining white teeth of the barrier. They were stuck, trapped in the centre of the rail tracks, a thick metal grill either side of them. That sight had brought him back to some sort of normality. Oh, Christ, he had whispered. Jesus, she shouted, scared and furious. It occurred to her, a little too late, that if she hadn't screamed, then the car might have made it underneath the barrier. Maybe this whole mess was her fault. What stupid point are you trying to prove? He said nothing. She had snapped at him in a shrill, hectoring tone that teetered on the brink of hysteria. To get them out of there, get them the hell out of there. He spun and twisted the wheel, and the engine snarled with tinny desperation. Beads of sweat tracked down his jawbone, pooling on the collar of his shirt. And all the while, there was no doubt that they were thoroughly wedged in their holding pen. Eventually he had given up, and placed his head on the steering wheel, letting out a long sigh. People had begun to congregate either side of the barrier, a sea of alarmed faces. Some motorists were beeping their car horns, warning them of the danger. Thanks for that, a petulant voice rose up in her mind. Didn't know we were in trouble, really helpful there. Then the juddering of the tracks had begun, so lively and industrious. The anger bled away, Calm determination overtook her. We have to get out, she said, as softly as she could manage. A train is coming. We have to get out. Now. She slid the seatbelt from around her neck, 
and laid a soft, cooling palm on his quivering shoulders. The car. Forget the car, Ewan. We have to get out. Now. Please. The blaring of car horns rose to a crescendo. Then what? he asked. His voice was muffled. She realised he was crying. We find our way home. We sit down, pour a very stiff drink and talk about... whatever. And I strongly suspect we'll need to buy a new car. Then what? She breathed out heavily, fighting to maintain that air of control. Well, I suppose we pick up where we left off. He turned towards her, his eyes red-rimmed and pleading. Great. Wonderful. Such a tempting offer.'